0: Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my patron peeps, I'm gonna sing to you, because in the podcast, you keeps my patron peeps. What up, patron peeps? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome... This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep we do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside... Whatever is keeping you awake, like like, uh, it could be thoughts, you know, things on your mind from the past, the present, or the future, plans, or, you know, memory, whatever it is. It could be thoughts. It could be feelings, like emotions related to the thoughts or emotions that are just there. Uh, It could be physical sensations. It could be changes in your routine, your temperature, your time. Whatever's going on, I mean, there's so many things that, uh, I've heard from listeners and it all shares a lot of things. Uh, so, so let me just go off script here. The reason I make the show is because you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, and ideally if I can do anything for you, it's uh, to, to, to underline that fact, uh, but also to help you feel less alone, even though this is digital and it's a podcast, uh, I'm here to keep you company because if you can't can't get to sleep uh, at least you you deserve to kind of feel like you have a friendly for f- friendly voice in the deep dark night. So what, what now I got mixed up because I normally don't go I went off script. I don't have an actual script uh whatever's keeping me awake the thoughts feelings, so whatever it is I'm going to try to take your mind off of that and keep you company. Oh, I guess it was just a different way of saying what I already say, keep you company while you drift off. Uh and that's really what my job is, to be your boyfriend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your bore, your nabor. I got that mixed up. Some li- li- like listeners said, hey, what about neighbor?" And I said, oh, boar And they said, uh, we knew that's what you meant, Scoots, and thank you. Okay, but uh, whatever is keeping awake, I'd like to take your mind off that what I propose to do here is to create a safe place or a safe that feels approachable safe, an approachable safe. Uh, One of the great, uh, that wasn't, that was, uh, I tried to pitch pitch that uh, to like, I said, what about the new, what about new Marple? How does that sound to you? And they said, we don't have the rights to that. And I said, the new new Marple mysteries, you don't, we could just use that word. And they said, no, you can't. And I said, "The case of the approachable safe, uh, a new Marple mystery." And they s- s- said, uh, "Scoots one, wait a second. And they said, "We don't. We, we, this we never took this call. There's no record." And then, then they said, "The call's coming from inside your imagination once again, Scoots." A new Marple mystery, the case of the approachable safe. Uh, it was, you know, it was, it was early morning. When the great, you know, great, great, the great safe store, of, uh, you know, wherever we're going to be in lakeland in the Lakeland's area, the main safe store for all regions nearby, where everybody got their safe, was having a big event uh, called the uh, the Approachable Safe Event. Oh, sorry, I'm supposed to be creating a, Oh, so I'm going to try to create a safe place or an approachable place. They so say, well, I kind of feel safe. I'm not so sure about it. And that's why the, the old, they said step right in. Old, uh, I don't know, whoever runs the safe, the, old approach, the case of the approachable safe. I guess we'll do <laughs> That's what will be the title of tonight's episode. Well, let's just do that so I can move on, right? What was the other thing I got stuck on? That's one of the things that happens in this. I, I tell people, say, What are you? And I say, Yeah, I get, not only do I get mixed up, I get bogged down in my own thoughts. My thoughts are like bog like already. And then I say, there's, these, there's boggy thoughts in this here bog. Anyway, so I'm going to try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake by sending my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling soothing creaky dulcet tones if if there was a com- the comforting bog another uh that's not that's where that's where the new Marple mysteries she lives out on the end, end of a lane near the comforting bog that's what she calls it that's where she does her thinking and you know now she's known as lady Marple, not miss Marple, because uh like uh She's, you know, royalty or whatever, OBE or I don't know how how any of that works. But so you don't say old lady Marple because only Scoot says that. And then she says, no, lady Marple. And I say, yes, M- M- yes, Miss Marple. I'll call you lady Marple from until I forget. Uh, but when I'm using, when I'm narrating you thinking out on the uh, whatever the comforting bog is that what it was called? Okay, so anyway, what are, you, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, send my voice. Oh, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. You've witnessed all of those in just a few moments. In just eight short minutes of intro, I went way off topic and got mixed up because I'm here to keep you company and put you to sleep, not entertain you or engage you or make any sense or get to the point or ever really get started. So if you're new, a couple of things you might want to know. This podcast is very different. It's very strange. So if you feel a reaction to it, it does take some getting used to. And of course, you might be doubtful or skeptical when you get to this podcast because you probably tried a lot of other stuff to put you to sleep, right? And maybe not all of that worked. Maybe none of it worked. uh So I'm here to try to keep you company while you fall asleep. So this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely pay attention to it, but you can listen. So it's kind of a, uh, just takes uh, getting used to doing that. It's like looking at the clouds when you feel like it. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because the podcast doesn't even make any sense to me because my job's not to make any sense, uh, so it's a podcast you just barely listen to that's here to keep you company. It also doesn't put you to sleep. It's here while you fall asleep. I'm here to take your mind off of stuff and be your friend. Like I said, your companion. So that doesn't feel as lonely as it's felt uh, for some of us in the deep dark night. The good news is if you can't sleep, I'll be here for an hour to keep you company. Whether you're awake or asleep. So if you're not listening to me. I'm here to keep you company. But if you are, I'm here to keep you company. So no pressure to fall asleep and no pressure to listen. I make the show because I know how it feels and you deserve a good night's sleep. Our world will be a better place if you get the rest you need and you deserve. Because I want your life to be better. You deserve it. So that's why I make the show. Also, the for new listeners, what up, regular listeners? How about that? We just invented a, I guess, like I'll say, I don't think Lady Marple, the new Lady Mar- Marple Mysteries, is because uh, they say no, no, it doesn't have anything to do with Miss Marple. This is Lady Marple, and it's new. When they, you know, when they approach me not with an offer, they say this is not an offer. Uh, to do business with you and i'd say well uh, i'd say well, you don't you don't think that's a good idea the case of the approachable safe it's a very <laughs> it's a very approachable mystery uh, never gets uh, here's the spo- here's a spoiler never gets solved uh, so oh structure the show throws people off so if you're new uh, i want you to know the structure of the show is very intentional But I understand if it throws you off. It starts off with a greeting so you feel seen and welcome. Then there's listener support, like support for you. Then there's support for the show via Patreon and our sponsors. Uh, Then there's the intro, which goes on and on and on. Some people think it's part of the business or the housekeeping. It's not. It's a show within a show that gives you time to wind down. It's familiar every time, and it's different every time. And it gives you a chance to get some distance from the daytime and, and get ready for bed. So whether it's part of your bedtime routine and, and you're winding down or, you know, you're doing your, you know, brushing your teeth or you're in bed, you're patting your pets or you're doing some other chill activity. The intro, you could fall asleep to it. There's a percentage of listeners that fall asleep. There's a percentage of listeners that skip the show. But the intentionality behind it is that it, it gives you a chance to wind down. So, But you can use it. The great thing about the podcast is it's flexible. People use it in all sorts of different ways. Uh, so that's the intro. Then there's business again. The business keeps the show free coming out twice a week, uh, which has always been my goal, keep it free, not as part of some company. Uh, then... There's a story. I thought it was going to be one thing. Tonight, I guess it'll be some sort of investigation, at least, into whatever I just said. Uh, The case of the soothing spa, I don't think it was that one. That one won't be solved because I say there's no spa that could soothe me unless I can walk around, unless it's like a spa, a pacing-based spa. A spa you can pace in. Scooter spa, come around, come on in, walk, don't sit still. The spa where you don't sit still, way off topic. So, oh, the, sh- the so there's a bedtime story that you could fall asleep to, but other people listen to it. it, you know, for companionship in the deep, dark night or a break during the day, or if you just can't sleep, you got plenty of time. That'll go on for like 40, 50 minutes, an hour plus. Then there's thank yous at the end of the show. So that's a structured show. That's why I make the show. And all, all I can say is I'm glad you're here. I work really hard. I yearn in I strive. Give the show a couple of tries and see if it helps. If not, there's other sleep podcasts and stuff at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. But I'm happy you're here, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to be here for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. This is, you're in for a treat tonight because we're telling another story. that I I knew about and then I forgot about, but now I can never forget about it. It's called The Case of the Approachable Safe. It's uh, from a a collection of uh, stories, untold tales. uh, Somewhere in my imagination, these stories are being told, and every once in a while I catch a whisper, and then I go back and I say, wait, tell me more. Is this one of those Lady Marple mysteries? And they say, that's not a good idea. And I say, well, it's a possibility, though, that somewhere out on a bog, a comforting bog, lives Lady Marple. And she, you know, like she was once, uh, like a a regular, like a person, Miss Marple or Mrs. Marple or Ms. Marple or Marple, you know, Marple is, uh, she preferred just call me Marple. And she lives out on, and, and I say, when I think, when I say lady Marple, I always think of, uh. I think it was, I don't know if, it, I always think that I can't remember when, like, there was a G.I. Joe toys I played with at, as a, like, a, as a lad. There were action figures or action figurines. You know, d- the G.I. Joe characters were known. I think one of the advancements they had was, uh, it, the the comedian said this, but I think it was true that they had a kung fu grip, which meant that they so they had uh oh man now I'm trying to think of how to describe it uh, reticulated is that what it is they had elbows and knees and hip joints and shoulder joints but then at some point they also became able to rotate their arms below the elbow and that was a pretty big advancement and they also had like a neck joint so their necks could move their heads could move around like, when you talk about toys, uh, not say, Lady Marple's like, excuse me, I thought this was the case of the missing safe. And I said, yeah, we'll get there. But uh, I was thinking of Lady J or Lady Jane, who was one of the top three. I don't like, so when I played with G.I. Joes, there was no G.I. Joe. I think the earlier generation, there was a G.I. Joe character. So G.I. Joe was a brand, and I think it was like a super secret. Uh, you See, J- Scoots, doesn't that stand for everything you stand against at this point? I say, well, pretty much. Uh, but, uh, I, but they were the, they were the, they were uh, great heroes and heroines. Uh, Lady J, I don't know. I think it was like Duke, Lady J, and. Somebody else, uh, Griswold maybe? I don't know who the third person was who were kind of running the show. I was never, I guess as a kid, uh, like I said, I would root for the other team because they were always the underdogs. And I think it probably informed an entire generation of storytelling or uh, storytellers that played with toys because it was a bit of a trope back then in the 80s that uh, the futility of the villains... Because the 80s were an era, oh boy, were they an era when uh, Villainy was not considered, even though they had Gordon Gecko, I don't know, there's a lot of repression going on. And part of that repression was saying, well, we're going to have the childhood hero, the childhood cartoons only, Villainy is futility and... Don't know what my point was, other than Lady J or Lady Jane was one of them, but she—I don't think she was like a royalty. All that to say, I've gone royally off topic. So, okay, so let's get back to the point at hand, which is that where were we? Okay, so Lady Marple, nothing to do. You say, "Scoots," I've heard of Marples before. Is this anything like the more famous Marple? And I say no, this is Lady Marple. She was uh, granted the order, you know whatever order is bestowed on you to be a lady uh, by the Queen. but she was still solving cases as I teased in the, uh, the, the the opening of the show and she lived out on a bog. And she had a porch, a back porch that looked out on the bog. Where she would sit at night. It actually had what do you call that? A little silk screen or silk netting around the porch, so she could sit out there and not have to worry about the bog-based beings. Uh, coming and bothering her. That was one of the first cases she solved. The case of the bog-based beings that got on my nerves when I decided to live at a bog. The Lady Marple story, part 44. That was a part of her biography series, and not a case, well, not a case we're discussing, because it's pretty easily solved. Uh, Well, it wasn't easily solved. She tried other stuff. Fans was one of the things she tried low-powered and high-powered fans to blow away. any. And she said, that kind of worked. Uh, but it also got on my nerves and used energy and wasn't 100% effective, not as effective as other things. And she said, this works great because I can see the bog and I can hear the bog. I can soak it in and it has like a doorway in there i think that zips up so she can go out towards the bog you know if she wants to but this is also her back porch a little bit more rustic than what you would do, what what they call in florida a lanai which is different i think than other places in the world like, when I hear Lanai, I think of, like, I think of the ocean and Hawaii and just a, a beautiful view. It could be of the mountains. But in Florida, Lanai is, like, a screened-in, like, an outdoors-indoors, more or less. Or I guess uh, it's a confused space. It is, in uh, for a multitude of reasons, because, one, it's kind of outdoors, it's kind of indoors. It has the screens, so you can see stuff. But then, with the temperature in Florida, you're like, "Well, I could just go outside, or I'm not, I'm going to go inside where the AC is." Normally, the lanai won't have AC unless then it's also has windows. And then you're like, "Well, this is just a, a porch now." I think that's what we call them—a screened-in porch. Uh, now, Lady uh, Lady uh, Marple's porch is not screened in. It's uh, kind of uh, un- under a net. Uh, I don't know. Tough to say. Tough to say. But very inventive and fits fits the, fits the mystique or whatever you want to say. Fits the space very nicely. And that's where uh, Lady Lady uh, Marple would like to sit. Like She liked to think. She liked to have her tea. She drank tea and coffee. She'd have tea between uh, waking up and 10.45, coffee. 10.45 to 2 p.m., tea. After 2 p.m., you know, other stuff till about 8 o'clock, uh, herbal tea, With, you know, non caffeinated. And sometimes she would make sun tea, and actually she could make it on the porch because it was because of the netting or the screening, the sun could still get there. And that was one of her favorite things. She had a western facing view of the bog, so she could sit there. And she would tell her guests uh, that, you know, they they never necessarily, she'd say, you, you haven't seen the sun set till you've seen it set over a bog. But they would normally, you know, be distracted. Very few people can be enthralled by a bog. And it's a good test. And I could tell you, you haven't been enthralled till you've been enthralled by a bog. Because you could sit out there, you can listen to the bog, and then, like, like the the and then like uh, Lady Marple would say, "The sounds change as the sun sets on a bog," and she even even would break into songs sometimes, doing a little Elton John. Uh, like I I think that because Elton John probably has a song that she could easily change to, to, to like and put in words like when the sun sets on a bog i think you'd probably have to say when the sun goes down on a bog or something but not many people appreciate it cuz they think of the there are times that the ocean or the lake or some other area overhyped and that doesn't get the love of a bog understandably cuz you can't really swim in a bog and a lot of people associate bogs and Bugs, but this in this case, the, the best of both worlds when you're with Lady Marple, because she solved that case. But she was sitting out there, and one of the things she, she liked to, to do is just relax. Uh, and she also found another thing soothing, which was a, like a giant gumball machine. And she not found only found a soothing—well, one of the reasons she found a soothing is her guests could get a gumball. And she would always do a slow burn where she would give them a coin when they arrived. Uh, and she'd always say, hold on to this for me. Particularly if there was children or if there was adults. Particularly if there was a, someone who might be labeled persn- per- persnickety. Is that the right word? She would hand them a coin and say— oh, by the way, hold on to this for me. And if they said more, she said, well, we're going to need it later, maybe. And she would take them out. You know, eventually they would make their way at some point to her treasured area, unless, you know, they were a guest that was uh, guest-focused. And they say, no, I'm not interested in your home. I'm interested in being a guest in your home. But normally they would they would work their way out there, and it was a beautiful uh, gumball machine. And at first glance, most people wouldn't notice it because they say, "You've seen one." Not, I don't think many people have said this, but it is assumption you make that you're just not even aware of. You say, "I've seen if I've seen one gumball machine, I've seen them all," and I say, "Well, that's probably totally impossible." But it's like, you know, Malcolm Gladwell had a chapter about it uh, in one of his books. Uh, Wink, I think, was the one that said, yeah, it's called the uh, Gumball Machine Paradox or something, where you say, okay, you just assume they're all, like, you know, you know they're all different, but you don't, you know, you say, well, I don't have time. Well, if I need some gum, I got a pack in my pocket now, modern era of convenience, and then you may say, "Scoots, no, I can picture." A and I say, "Well, yeah, that's your archetypal gumball machine in your mind. I can see it too. Pro- might you know, it's got that metal stuff. Uh, it's got some glass stuff. Probably some metal, you know, on the top. Maybe it's got a stand or, a, dare I say, a shaft uh, to the floor. And maybe it's got. Maybe it's like a little antique looking." Maybe you're more, maybe you picture more of something in a globe-like shape. And you say, okay, now, uh, Lady Marple's, hers was a little bit more grand, not grand, I was going to say grandiose, but it kind of was, uh, it was glass and it was the size of one of those big water bottles. Like back when people would talk about stuff around the water cooler at the office, but it was a little bit higher off the ground. And one of her secrets was that the glass and uh, its thickness and the sun, it setting of the sun, you know, it was all complementary to one another. And the, the, uh, it did go down into something very similar, but a little bit more color than just a red or a blue. You had some yellows uh, into a gumball, a familiar gumball machine with the, the thing where you put the coin in. And you twist it, and then some gumball comes out. Now, another little thing about uh, Lady Marple was there's just not one size of gumball. One size gumball does not fit all. And she would choose her gumballs uh, very wisely and with a lot of decision. She she was what you you would say is a gumball connoisseur because she had traveled the world and learned what parts of the world have gumballs, what don't, and where gumball manufacturing takes place. And, you know, something that, that they haven't heard of in Brooklyn or Oakland as of the time I'm recording this bespoke gumballs. Uh, you know, somewhere in the world they're making them. You know, whether it's Notting Hill or like a cool part of Singapore, I'm not, they say, Scoots, please don't, you're not, you're, and I say, okay, well, one day. You know, I'm I'm a little bit behind that, Uh, but uh, she knew where where there was bespoke bespoke gumballs. She didn't really make her own gumballs because she preferred to, to, to to support gumball artisans as well as mass manufactured gumballs. She actually knew a lot about the process, and she so she you know, and color was a big part of it. And she would actually curate her own gumball machine from time to time. But she also found it soothing. And, oh, did I mention she used different-sized gumballs in there? And every occasionally she'd say, well, I'm feeling something. What do, Like, uh, she'd, go, she'd go online if needed. Or she'd call. Like, she'd hop on the old air horn or whatever they call it. Uh, and she'd say, you got anything... In a cheek, like a cheek, cheek, cheek shape. Uh, but uh, I'm looking for something not quite aquamarine. And they'd say, Lady Marple, we'll put, she said, put it on the Marple account stat, uh, or don't you know, send it out, but just you know, make sure to send it properly. But yes, yeah, she could curate her gumball machine. She would use—now, she was very conscientious about—so she would put on uh, gloves, uh, rubber gloves or latex gloves or latex-free gloves. I'm not sure because that wasn't, you know, I, I don't know. I was never there when she was curating or, or organizing. She didn't really call it organizing, working on the gumball machine. I mean, some people knit— uh, in one of her dreams that was never realized, and she was a big fan of the Tate Modern, and she was actually setting aside funds, and maybe she still is. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking about it in the past tense, but I guess because I don't have the same hope in my heart that Lady Marple does. But she did hold a dream of having a giant... She thought it would be better as an overturned water bottle, but, you know, something, you know, probably eight stories wide, 30 stories tall glass, uh, you know, something to do, you know, another artisan, not her, uh, and then filled with, filled with gumball art as gumballs and actual gumballs, of course, so that at some point Or multiple points, you could get a gumball from the gumball machine. So she did. She said, "Oh yeah, then maybe they could. Maybe could. Maybe they could. Some people could do something similar to sand art with gumballs, and then they could present it. And then we see as it changes. You know, she said. Then the art will change as people chew gum." And then maybe there's even a wall of chewed gum before, you know, because they say, don't come in this museum or please don't spit your gun. That's one thing I always wonder about um, in New York City when I lived there, when I visit there. And I always say, am I wrong or is that gum on the subway? Like, like, uh, especially coming out of the platforms, like uh, into the streets. But sometimes on the subway platforms, they say, Is that gum on the, like, you know, 40 year old gum there? Or is it something else? And I say, Well, boy, if it's not gum, don't, please don't tell me unless it's tar. But I say, What is that? I mean, again, you could trace back, you, like I say, when did people start, what what generation was like, Yeah, just spit it on the ground, man. And you say, Okay, you realize it's inconvenient for you to chew, hold your gum and spit it in a garbage can, or at least stick it underneath something like they do nowadays. But you can take something that's extremely sticky, you're just going to spit it on the ground, and assume it never impacts you, or if someone else behaves they say that's... uh, Someone should write a... a, Like, man, get an... Once again, I need an anthropologist over here. So... Well, all I could say is the lady Marple loved, it. not all the time, but that was one of her hobbies, was she called it gumballing with a no G. And, like, so if someone from her family called, they said, what are you doing? She said, I'm gumballing, just gumballing around, uh, and they say, you and that, you know, they like, uh, they say, Nana Marple, you and that gumball machine, and she, they say, "What do you work at? She said, "Well, I'm just gracing it right now, you know, making sure, doing the annual maintenance." But sometimes she would reorganize it, and then she, but she liked to just look at it. That was one of the things—not like a, she just turn in—and and we all have those things we forget about them that you just look at it and you say, huh, "That's nice. I like how I feel when I just stare at this with an empty mind." Or staring at that empties my mind. I did, I would propose to say, do you think we could, Lady Marple, what do you say about having someone from the Roy G. Biv Institute uh, weigh in on your gumball machine? And she would say, what's the Roy G. Biv Institute? I said, well, it's an institute I invented, uh, or Roy G. Biv Labs. We could also call it that, uh. That would uh, give accreditation to Christmas and holiday lights. Uh, they'd say these are Roy G. Biv approved. And she said, "Well, what would that mean?" I said, "Well, we'll work on that." I said, "But you, you know, you say these lights are, are Roy G. Biv. accredited." And I said, "Maybe it means I said we'll have to get into color theory probably, or it could just be a nonsense thing that we're using." But I say, wow, this is, is that a RG, Roy G. Biv-approved gumball machine? And you would say, N- not just a gumball machine. Those are Roy G. Biv-accredited gumballs in there. I say, are those be- bespoke? And, and so so she liked looking at it. She also liked the surprise of the guests when to see. And this was the thing. This is the thing about sleuths that nobody talks about, uh, especially... Sleuths with a big heart like Lady Marple. You don't become a lady just because you solved the greatest cases in the history of England or because you had, you were associated with another Marple. And they said, oh, and, and, and you just said, well, if you want to make me a lady, that's fine. I'm not that Marple, but uh, I have done a lot. And one day... Hopefully, I'll have a giant gumball receptacle outside the Tate Modern and a wall for chewing gum before people go into the museum. And even part of the art would be someone doing a mouth scan that would be somewhat performative in some way, and maybe even a spitting area as part of it. Uh, but so, oh boy, where was I? Lady Marple oh, so one thing about sleuths with big hearts, like Lady Marple, is they love uh, sleuthing for the next great sleuth. Like, you got the Stiltons. I don't know who came first, Thea or Geronimo Stilton, but those two are, you know, I don't know. And, you know, Fancy, I'm sure Fancy Nancy found, you know, uh, someone. So she was always on the lookout for someone particularly someone like her, like a young woman with a spark in her eye, but a weary, you know but a weary step uh you know sometimes those two things come in common she would say occasionally uh and she, she she you know it didn't have to be someone it could be someone else, it could be you know one of her friends you know or someone she she was always open to being surprised too by who would sleuth out what the coin was for. Or who was just naive enough and, and childlike enough uh, to say, oh, can, how much are these gumballs?" And, and she would just laugh and say, "Well, do you want to use that coin in your pocket?" Where other people say, "Is this what the coin was for?" And uh, if you use the coin she gave you, of course there would be a special gumball, along with a regular gumball. Like along, with, like so, there was another there was another door where the special gumball would come out and it would make a clanging noise. But for you to, definitely because she put such a variety of gumballs in that gumball machine, you'd have to keep your hands under there. Otherwise, I mean, it was a pretty heavy door, but some of the, sometimes she would put like sprinkle-sized gumball, you know. I don't know if those were gumb- gumb- gumballs, uh, I don't know what they're called, Tiny Gumballs. That another song she would like to sing, though, to, to people. Uh, based on uh, the Don Ho song, Tiny Bubbles, she'd sing Tiny Gumballs. So, yeah, so she would love that when people thought of it. But otherwise, she'd say, if someone, she'd wait for people to mention it. And so now, I know some of you are even asking yourself, were there other coin-operated machines in Lady Marple's uh, abode? And I'd say quite possibly. But th- this kind of leads us into uh, the the great case of the uh, approachable safe. And I just added that great in there to uh, underline the fact uh, that-, that every case that Lady Marple's on is a great case. Well, yeah, once upon a time, not that far from where, you know, where Lady Marple was, uh, chilling out, you know, kicking at the, at the bog, uh, gumballing around, you know, there was a town and it, it was uh, not that far away and it was the main, it had the big, like, you know, there's, that's one thing, uh, that uh, you know has been impacted but not gone away is the safe business, uh, and I'm talking about safes. SF, uh, safe and face spelled S A F E. Because uh, while well, you can buy some of that stuff online, some of them are really heavy. It tends to be a specialized business. And there's also older ones, you know, that might need, you know, or some people want a, you know, refurbished one. But the thing is also that people forget. Uh, now, this particular safe uh, place was, it, it was known as Patience Safes. Uh, and it was run by someone named Patience. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it, like, they also, co- like, had a sign out front that said, safes, safes, Safe." So it was really, most people knew it as safe, triple safes or triple safe or safe, safe, safe. Or for shorthand safes, uh, because you say it it three times uh, or you could just say it once with an S and people would know in this area, if they knew about safes in the safe business, they'd know about safes. And they had an online presence, but don't bother because, uh, uh, like, the, the, this was years ago, uh, but so they don't anymore. And you say, well, I don't find it. And I say, yeah, that's right. Uh, is, this is a story that hasn't been told uh, yet, uh, so it wouldn't be online now that you're listening to it via online. But this just wasn't one business, you know, patients had multi-businesses, you know, new safes, refurbished safes, uh, buying safes and selling them. So you find a safe, you know, because this region had, uh, it it was like a, had enough of a metropolitan region in enough of, you know, different generations that people would find old safes and they'd say, hey, you know, this is that. They also like pioneered some landmark laws about opening safes, uh, and you know, like actually, that was one of their big online things: was explaining the legalities of safes and 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 safes. Uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, just to explain you the basics, like because I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. You say find a safe. Uh, does that mean you can open it? Well, then how? Well, what if you can't get it open? Then what happens? You know, approving the um, whatever custodial, cus you know the whatever stewardship of safes. I think that was one of the blog posts. Uh, so that was that's the place known as safes. Uh, and so not only did they have kind of a multi-level business, and they were known around the greater region. And then people in the business, they'd say, "Okay, well, you, tra- you you Okay, you're between London and Manchester. Okay, well, Safe's is the only place to go. Go talk to patients. They say otherwise. You know, you got these others too. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, other businesses you could consult. Uh, and they all had their own specialties." so they would also work together you know stay relevant but staying relevant's more than just being good at your job and training people so they could be good at their jobs in the future it's being a part of the community so safes was part of the local community you know they had tumblers for tumbles which was a big uh, festival they had every year they had to sing into the safes fast, uh, and again, this is kind of in one of those idyllic situations, uh, like with a, like a like a green, a central green, and safes and some of the other, you know, pubs, restaurants. Uh, They're facing it now. One of the advantages patients had was patients did own the building. And was able to, like, it was a two, like, it was building big enough for two, uh, locate, like, two businesses. Uh, so you say, okay, well, that's one thing that patient, advantage patients had, because you say, well, what happened to those other safe businesses? They'd say, well, that was one thing. It's the real estate prices, like, impinged on market, you know, the, 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 margins where patients that building was paid off, uh, and normally, whatever. We don't want to get into the specifics of it, but but they would have they had a couple of yearly festivals. They were part of the community, and all that. You know, they would have conductors, they'd have all that kind of stuff, and and then you know, as the years got on, as we went from the aughts to whatever they're going to call the 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 after the aughts. Uh, The the business was getting thinner and thinner, but it didn't stop that one safes exist and locksmiths and all that kind of stuff and that people are going to still need safes from time to time, a variety of safes, and that there's older safes and there's that whole thing. And, you know, maybe you want to see if this you could get the safe open, if that's allowed. Maybe you want to sell the safe. You say, I got the safe. Is it worth anything? It's f- f- really friggin' heavy. But it wasn't quite big enough because patients said, okay, well, you know, as they start to look at the safe business and the, the kind of uh, I would, say, would declines the wrong word, but the narrowing of it uh, and the people in the safe business – other than big safe, you know, that's what they called the big safe companies. Uh, but they, you know, they needed one another anyway. Patients said, you know, we got to get, we got to get the word out. Uh, we got to bring, we got to keep every few years. We got to do something big to raise overall general awareness in safes, uh, you know, because really you got the movies, you know, heist movies and stuff like that. And other than that, you know, like it used to be, kids were raised, you know, with cartoons, they saw safes all the time. Uh, You know, so they they were used to seeing safes in other places other than heist movies or in behind paintings in Billionaire and Super Spy things. Uh, So they said if you raise awareness of safes... uh, then, you know, every few years, then somebody's going to be like, huh, what was, you know, what was the name? You know, I just found that safe in that attic there or lockbox or whatever. I can't get it open. I don't know what to do. Well, you could go on YouTube. You see, yeah, and pa- believe me, patients, you know, would have had YouTube figured out if that was still going on. But they'd say, oh, what about that patient safe? uh and, you know, out in the, you know, in the Lakelands or whatever. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, what's the name of that? Let's, uh, let's take a trip out there. And there's another thing their website featured to oh, make it a weekend, a safe weekend, if you will. Whether it's couples or families, they would have recommendations, places to stay, other businesses, coupons, even. But even that, so the, so the every year patients was looking for ideas, you know, you know, strong people to lift safes, uh, ju- you know juggling safes, uh, different stuff like that. But one year they, they this mysterious person came to town and she said, uh, you know like he called me into town, and, and they, they said, "I'm the mysterious person." And patient said, I'm glad you're here. Are you going to, are you ready to do your thing? And they said, yes, uh, I'm going to set out there in the town square, uh, something called the approachable safe. Have you been working on it? Uh, do you have, uh, the, 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 safe that meets my specifications? And patient said, yeah, I do. I do. I do. And they said, good, good, good. Uh. Then, uh, like, nice to be patient, said, I still don't understand what the idea is, though. You had me build this safe, and you're going to start, you're going to put it in the town square, and you're going to call it the approachable safe, and you're going to put up signs, uh, and then what? Uh, and the mysterious person said, just wait, patience, be patient, patience. Uh, and you will see, but patience was willing to try. You know these outside of the box ideas rarely make sense. Uh, so stay tuned, and you know worked out everything with the town. And then they said they had a big unveiling. You know they had it covered in a you know covered in cloaks or whatever. You know mysterious draperies and they hired you know the school choirs and the school bands to play and they had a little midway and food and jugglers and stuff you know vendors just a fun day and then they said and now uh you know patients said you know this is the, you know the reflected on the year of the town and you know the politicians spoke And then the person of mystery said, and now I present uh, the approachable safe. And they pulled off the thing, and there sitting on a pedestal was a safe. And you'd say it was like a, is it a green? Is that a deep green color? And it was one of those ones that looks very heavy about the size, well, a bit bigger than one of those refrigerators that hotels or dorms have. Uh, one knob on there, whatever that thing is called. Again, I'm not in the safe business uh, that you spin around. Combination spin, spinner thing and a handle that looked like if you pulled it down, that would open the door. Wood. The safe itself was... Hard to tell how old it was. It was a deep, deep color. It didn't have any chips or dents on it or scrapes. And then there was all these signs. This is the approach. Do you dare approach the approachable safe? Uh, Who will approach it? Uh, And everybody saw it was funny for about uh, four days. Uh, Even though the mysterious person was changing the signs out, uh, you know, people would walk up to the safe. At first, you know, kids did it, and then finally someone touched it. That took, like, actually, like, uh, 45 minutes for, before the first person touched it. And it happened to be an 8-year-old a girl. You know, meanwhile, there was all these high school lads watching, uh, and then they were willing to spin the knob and stuff, uh, but nothing happened. And then it became like, uh, for a brief time, it already had worked uh, because this just happened to be the start of tourist season and people would come and they'd take selfies with it because then it became a thing like uh, approachable safe, like a hashtag or something. And and they said, go ahead and hug it. Uh, do you dare approach it? Do you dare embrace it? Uh, who will kiss the approachable safe? And it even had, you know, things for, for hy- keeping it hygienic and all that. And the safe stayed there, you know, and it rained, and it's, it was sunny. And a mysterious person, you know, they got paid, and they left town, which patients did think was strange, but the, the patients was like, well, that was, uh, I guess it kind of worked, uh, because it went like it didn't go totally viral, but it's more popular than the other selfie spots, and people like, uh, then patients was like, let's have sign competitions. Uh, and then they started uh, telling, like, patients had even had, like, some uh, worked with the local libraries and then some of the local papers to have, like, uh, fiction, like, uh, approachable, safe fan fiction category. So people were writing all these stories. And uh, that was really fun, you know, and and then patients would judge them and say, oh, wow, this one was great. Uh, You know, this one where the safe became your best friend or this one where the safe helped, even though we can't open the safe uh, like that, you know, that in your story, it held like an engagement ring or, you know, this special recipe or just held, like, a simple note that said, love one another. Those were some of patients' favorite ones. But then the, the time wore on, and it, it just got less and less popular. Tourists, tourism, you know, became the fall or the autumn. And t- some of the people in the town were like, yo, Patience, like, what's up with that safe? Uh, you are going to just leave it out there? Like, isn't it, uh, it's getting kind of old, you know? And patients pointed out that you know I have contractually am able to keep it up there till the till the first of January. So and also I had a con you know I also had a contract with this mysterious person LLC or uh, you know whatever business this to keep it up. Uh, there was a contract you know I already paid them. So I don't know there might be something still in store. And they said, okay, but then another month went by and they said, you know, people, uh, have opinions, you know, especially with the internet and the ability. And they said, you know, but man, that safe, you know, I used to go out there with my picnic, but I got a safe sitting there and it reminds me of stuff or I don't like it. It's on my nerves. Uh, got to get rid of a Patient, and patient said, well, I don't want to be a quibbler, but, uh. I I don't know. I can't. I just can't just get rid of it. uh, One, two, you know, I'm kind of, I think I feel like I'm obligated to keep it up. And uh, I feel like, and then it became like a thing just because some people just got a little bit bent about it and they said, no, 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 we don't care what your obligations are, what the town said. Uh, You know, there's a new town council now anyway. And they're revoking the permit that they already gave you. And patients said, well, you know, that's not really my style, like, uh, because, you you know, that's just symbolic. You can't really do that anyway. And patients said, I'll tell you what, uh, we're getting, you know, there's some intense feelings here about the safe. Uh, I think we've got ourselves a bit of a mystery, like the case of the approachable safe, uh, and maybe we could get lady marple to come and uh, like uh, figure this out for everybody and lady Mar- like so they said you think you can get lady marple to come like can you get her to come on a weekend because then we could have people what you know people like uh she's she's a lady like uh, that would be great and beloved uh I know she says she's not that same Marple and has nothing to do with that Marple, but no one believes her anyway, and she's she's done great stuff. She's solved mysteries. Wow. Okay, patients, forget everything we said. And they said, actually, could you do it on this bank holiday weekend because, uh, we could, have, we could call it the, uh, you know, the Upper Midland uh, Mystery Days. Uh, and uh, patient said, yeah, you know, believe it or not, uh, you know, I took care of some, Say, you know, we have a working relationship, so I'll double check. But patients was able to get Lady Marple to, Marple to come out and did explain that, yeah, it's a bit of a public uh, thing because, and in, in Lady Marple said, i would be happy to do it. Sounds curious to me. And so Lady Marple came out, and the town again made a big deal about it. it got even more press. Uh, you know, Lady Marple had come in and approached you know, approachable safe. Uh, news at five, you know, we can't, this, this is great. And it again kind of raised awareness of, uh, not only safes in general, but of uh safes uh, the patients' place, and patients use it to kind of raise money for some of the town you know town charities uh, that they that they were involved in and Lady Marple was more than willing to do that uh And then uh, the town kind of gathered and then said, okay, well, when's Lady Marple going to inspect the cave? And Lady Marple said, this could be like a little performative. I understand it. Uh, You know, send me up a chair. Uh, If you get a gumball machine, that would be great. If not, I'm not going to bring my personal gumball machine, but uh, and maybe we'll do an interview or something, you know, a little bit like a chat, uh, not related to the gumball machine. I mean, not related to the safe, uh, and then I'll talk about my thoughts about the safe, uh, and people can watch me inspect the safe and all that and approach it. And so that day came and, uh, and then, uh, they, they, uh, you know they did everything they got everything set up uh and uh, the, the lady marple walked around the safe uh, looked at it curiously he took some notes even measured it for fun uh got under it ran around it skipped around it hit it with a rubber hammer hit it with like a tin ha- like a little like a mining hammer Listened to it with stethoscope, you know, sprayed it with air, bunch of stuff. Uh, did a lot of stuff. They chewed gum, uh, walked around it, hugged it, took a selfie with it, and uh, then sat down for the interview. And first they did, like, a general, you know, poop, kind of a puff piece, but also, like, curious about Lady Marple and, again, she said, yeah, I'm not that marble. And, and they said, well, what do you think about safes? She goes, well, I just want to, you know, I want you to think about some things before I tell you the conclusion because it's going to be somewhat uh, uh, dissatisfactory. That's kind of the thing about this. Uh, but she goes, the goal was, right, uh, she goes, the thing about safes is that they don't feel approachable. You know, she goes, it's sitting there in the sun, but it still feels cold, but it didn't feel cold when people were dancing around it. And uh, and then she said, do you see what I mean? Like, it was just by calling it the approachable. She goes, that was one of the tricks, uh, was by calling it the approachable safe and daring people to approach it, it made it approachable And she goes, but as soon as that wore off, it again became this kind of uh, thing that's not really ominous, but uh, like safes, you don't really think about them, right? And they said, okay. And they said, so was this some sort of marketing stunt? And she goes, well, does this patient's safe has a history of doing marketing stunts every single year if I'm... Uh, correct multiple times if you count the community events, and they said you're right. And they said, yeah. they said, oh, so is it patience? It was a mysterious person? And Lady, Lady Marple said, not quite. Uh, it had to be someone who wanted to, like, uh, maybe that started a business with the intention of slowly raising enough money to fund an art installation at the Tate Modern or if, if, if she couldn't get the Tate Modern, uh, or, or she, you know, she couldn't get the idea. be like, well, I could put this much down. Who, what other super rich person is going to fund this? Maybe the queen will hear about it. Uh, uh, maybe, or maybe she would do something and get coverage, uh, for her new business, uh, uh where she solves cases and they said so you're using this as a market this is a marketing opportunity to of your marketing opportunities and uh Lady Marple said yeah eyeballs equal gumballs uh and she said by the way if anybody's watching picture picture this a giant gumball machine in front of the Tate Modern and, uh, they said, for, and then she said, one second, please. Everybody got, had uh, a got kind of irritable, you know, because, uh, and she says, anybody, how many people tried to open the safe, you know, raise your hand. And uh, she said, how many people actually know the silly rules behind opening some of these locks, uh, and a few kids that had opened lockers or something, you know, the stupid, you got to go skip by it left or, you know, skip by it or whatever, and she said, yeah, that's ridiculous, too. And then she said, is anybody like, uh, and then there was people from the cryptography clubs and stuff who had actually tried to get the combination. And, you know, they tried latitudes and longitudes and break in the case of the approachable safe, uh, and all, all a bunch of different stuff, uh. And then she kind of giggled, uh, and she said, they said, was it public knowledge? She said, kind of. You could have found it out, uh, but it would have been hard, so I don't blame any of you. And she goes, because it's uh, Patience's birthday. And so then uh, they said, Patience, what's your birthday? I said, and then she picked one of the kids that raised their hand. She said, come on up and open this safe for all of us. And, uh, she came and opened it and she said, oh, there's like, uh, some papers in there. And she said, oh, that's interesting. Why don't you approach the papers and, and take them out and bring them to the, because by now, like some of the town council was like pish poshing. And, uh, then Lady Marple said, I'll, I'll read these. I'll read these, uh. And it was like a, like, um, a future plan from uh, patients who said, you know, in the future, you know, I'm not going to be in the safe business forever, uh, but uh, hopefully I'll be in it for a while longer. We also own these two, you know, I own the shop and the building the shop's in, which houses another shop, Um uh, you know, which brings in all this rent and it has this much value. And, you know, I have the business, uh, and, uh, you know, this is what I would like to do when, when I'm, when I go, you know, to crack the big safe in the sky is to give all this, uh, to the townspeople, but in this very deliberate way. And on top of that, like, uh, because I think of this hype, we're going to auction. We're auctioning this off in the next ten minutes online. That's Lady Marple's idea. Lady Marple said, reading from the notes or from patients, and that money's going to go to establish this fund uh, to create, a, a, like, a apprentice and uh, like a like a like a what do you call that? A, a tri- to to pay for the education of kids anywhere in, in, in that region or beyond full scholarship with housing and food and everything people that people say, I might want to be in the safe business, uh, and that forever safes will be a place of, of like, uh, and they said, Lady Marple did it. And, and you know, the, the calculations are, we can run this thing for 90 years. Uh, uh, and then the, the like, like, uh, Everything else will go to the, to the town, you know these things in the town, but this will be a working teaching business uh, where we'll make safes approachable to the next few generations of safesmiths or, or locksmiths. But then what uh, uh, like uh, of course, because she was also a show person. Lady Marple did was say okay, open the safe door the whole way, and they had, like, a false back in there, like, that looked like it was... You could see into the whole safe, but you really couldn't. And what you couldn't see... People had seen it before, but they thought it was just for rainwater. And someone, before the presentation, had cleaned it out. In the, um, stand that the safe was on was, like, a channel running down each side, running down the front of it off of a lip, uh which people said, oh, it's a brilliant way to keep water from pooling around the safe. But uh, uh, she said, children, gather around there, uh, get in line and and gather around and put your hands under that, uh, like it looks like a little nozzle spout. uh," And she pulled the back off, and then there was a slow-release machine she had in the back of the safe releasing gumballs, And that was how the case of the approachable safe turned out uh, pretty well for everybody except for people who got, you know, they said, I don't know. I don't know, like, how that turned out. Uh, And then everybody lied down because it was a beautiful day chewing gum. Listen to the town of Entire Community chewing gum laying in the grass of the town green some people dreaming of the Tate Modern, some people dreaming of becoming a locksmith or a safe smith or the crack in the big safe in the sky, or just dreaming up wacky ideas to keep things interesting, uh, where then, you know, to 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 focus the attention on stuff. Uh, you say, oh, I needed a refresh there. Uh, good night.